Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now. UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Lawson, kicking things off for us tonight. 
the first single from her new album out last night at midnight. Midnights from Taylor Swift, that was the song, Antihero. Sending that one out to our newest and youngest host here at UMFM. Lily McKediak hosts The Adults Are Talking, uh, which broadcast earlier today, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Friday. She had her third show this week, and I know she's a big fan of Taylor. Got a busy show for you. This is a busy weekend of music. Tomorrow night at the Times Change High and Lonesome Club, Mariel Buckley coming to town. Uh, I talked to her yesterday. And uh, on Sunday, opening for her husband, Daniel Romano, uh, Carson McCone who released an album in February called Still Life. That's one of my favorites of the year. I had the chance to talk to her while she was on the road. We're going to play both of those interviews in a bit. But first, from a new record from Indigenous Canadian roots artist Evan Redsky, this is Waiting in the Echo. Every way 
called my name I, oh I would come running Cause you were waiting in the echo of a long night Dying inside I was out there Holding on to darkness and death Coming to town a Saturday night. She's back, Mariel Buckley, bringing her latest record to town. Everywhere I used to be, but the place to be is here in Winnipeg Saturday night. But on the road right now and joining me from the van. How's it going, Mariel? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you on. Uh, I was looking back. So the last time I talked to you was before Winnipeg Folk Fest 2019. So uh, oh, yeah. we're, we're one, one record back from from that time you talked at that point about playing dauphin country fest the year before uh you've done a lot of a lot of living in in the interim let's let's kind of talk about the kind of the most recently like since you put this record out how how busy has your pace been in terms of touring it it's been pretty nuts i would say that kind of the beginning of last summer in august uh has kind of slowly been ramping up which i feel like is pretty common for everybody Mm -hmm. getting back to work here so yeah, so it, things have been pretty nuts for me since about June. Yeah, so in terms of like, has it changed? I mean, because you know, usually you're touring with a, a like small group of folks. Like, has that been relatively maintainable throughout kind of like the ups and downs of COVID shutdowns I mean, and stuff? Like, like how 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 like it's not like you're touring with like a huge network of people and and stuff like that. No, I mean, I, I would say that uh, throughout the pandemic, I, it was pretty, like, non-existent. So yeah. everybody was kind of off. And then a couple of the tours I did were just two of us because we were opening some shows for the Bros Landris. Right. Um, and then now, yeah, I travel as a five-piece, which is still moderately, you know, moderately small, given that some folks have tour managers and all that stuff. But yeah. uh, but we just we just rock the five-person crew. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the, the new record... As I understand it, you won like a like a competition called Project like Wild, a, like a development award. Yeah, so I competed for like a year um, and went through all these like sort of challenges and had to do a bunch of stuff and create a bunch of content. And then one of the prizes for it was a bunch of money, and I was lucky enough to take first. So, was would this record have happened? Had you not won that? Like, like was this, were, did you have the songs? Did you have the record in mind? And then this just financially made it a very feasible thing? Or or did this kind of spring out of that? Um, I'd like to say the record would have happened anyway. Um, certainly many of the songs were not yet written, but I knew I needed to get into the studio. And I don't, I'm not a super consistent writer, so I usually have a couple months a year where I dump everything out. Um and yeah, whether the funding had come from the development award or somewhere else, I think uh, I would have found a way to make it happen. 
Right. So the you see, when you say you're not a consistent songwriter, like like I know some writers who are like almost like like the Stephen King thing, where like every morning they get up and they write a song and stuff. What what is your songwriting process like then? Oh, well, it kind of depends. One of the nice things about I mean, you know, one of the sort of perks of the pandemic for me was that I was able to cultivate a bit more of a schedule. Mm. Um, and honestly, as someone who was not very uh, not very used to a routine, it was actually pretty nice to get up around seven and write till like ten or eleven. Um, so that's how I, I did a lot of this record. But uh, in the past, it's been a lot of like late night on tour or you know on days off in the middle of the day it it didn't really have much of a schedule so yeah it was nice to be able to get down and and uh spend a little bit more time with it did the process impact the output like did you find you were writing different types of songs as a result of like scheduling and and getting up and doing that work oh yeah certainly and and not even just writing more but just being you know more uh more discerning on what the stuff that I was working on. I was going back to stuff a lot more than I probably had previously. Mm. So like kind of like uh, proofreading and copy editing type stuff or. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I like to edit. I think it's, I think uh, a first draft is great, but um, I'm always open to making changes if it's going to help the song. Well, speaking of making changes, I read an interview that the, the original title was one of the B sides sad all the time. That's right. Yeah when did you decide to pivot away from that? And like, what, what led you to that decision? Well, I kind of figured that title for a record would maybe be a bit depressing and it would be funny, but also depressing. So I, I knew that tune was going to be a B side anyway. And, uh, and I came back around to the title track now, um, everywhere I used to be just because that one seemed to paint such a nice wide, um, picture of everything I was talking about all over the record. So you felt that was kind of most emblematic, that song? I think so, yeah. It kind of wrapped everything up nicely. When you're, you're looking at the the songs that you've got for a given record, are you like kind of sifting through them to see like which one is kind of the, the heart of the album or kind of the linchpin of things? Uh, yes and no. Like, I, you know, ideally I would like to have several songs that I feel are strong enough to be that tune. Um but it just kind of depends. I just try to get as many songs as I can done and then sort of see which ones string together thematically and make sense uh, to be on one record. Right. So you worked with Marcus Pequin on this record. That's right. And he, I mean, that's a guy who's got a litany of past past records he's worked with with artists on. Was there one record in particular that led you to him? Like that you were like, this is the sound, this is... I, I can hear what he's doing on this and I'd like him to do something like that. Or what, what, what was the decision-making leading you to Marcus? Not one in particular song, but, uh, or album, but certainly, uh, certainly a few of them that queen of the breakers record by the bar brothers and, uh, his 2015 one with the national trouble will find me. We're both kind of cool examples of what I thought could be done. Although what I liked about, you know, the bar brothers is the bar brothers aren't really uh, country, so I thought, you know, taking a lot of his contemporary stuff, lots of synths, lots of very clean sounding guitars and uh, and neat arrangements, I thought would be sort of beneficial on some traditional country stuff. So then did you like when you approached him to, to do the record, were you kind of saying, hey, like these these synths, this like these touches that you did, I, I want to push them up against kind of country music. Like, like how did you kind of explain your your vision to him? 
I just sort of sent him this. I mean, I write all the songs the same, right? So they're just an acoustic guitar on an iPhone demo. And so I just sent him a folder and I said, hey, man, you know, I want to make a record. You know, uh, this is kind of how my stuff sounds as it is. And it's pretty, it's pretty basic, but I like to focus on the songwriting. And I think that you and I could do something really cool together and different than what you've done before. And that's what ended up happening. It was, uh, he was really into it. Right. And like in terms of, cause producer can often mean like engineer, like they just kind of hands on the, on the dials. And sometimes it can be more like shaping, shaping the record. What, sure. Like which, which avenue did Marcus go down and, and like, what was that experience like? Uh, well, I try in general to always work with a producer that I feel like is going to produce um, as much as I love, you know, someone who can sit back and, and uh, sort of let things take shape. I also, that's sort of why I'm hiring a producer is for their input and their, uh, their experience. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was definitely very hands-on. He played all the percussion on the record uh, live off the floor with the band, which I also super liked. Um, and yeah, he was really integral in, in the musician and sort of the way that the song came about uh, with the full band, which is super important. Yeah. So other than the vocals, you guys did it off the floor. Was that intentional? Like, was there a specific sound you were trying to achieve or just kind of that, like the fact that that kind of best represents what people will see on stage? So not necessarily like steering away from that. Yeah. So the vocals are off the floor as well. I just doubled them all. Oh, okay. Um, but it was really important to me. I just, I find that records that are recorded like that have a specific energy to them. Mm. And so I prefer, if I can, to get the band at least in one room, uh, as I find it just translates better, yeah, to, to playing the songs live and to people listening to them and thinking, oh, I want to go see this live, um, which is such a huge part of my, my whole shtick, right, is I just love to get out there and play the songs. Mm-hmm. So speaking of getting out and playing the songs, are there any particular songs that are resonating with crowds so far like is it had there been any surprises like oh this is the one that people are gravitating to or no i mean i think uh, i think all the tunes have a little bit of something in them but it certainly people seem to be digging on uh, hate this town which is which is funny um i wasn't sure how that one would land but it seems to be a popular popular favorite yeah no that one obviously explores kind of like your 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 youth and growing up and the feelings that you know folks have about where they grew up do you think is it's like a universal thing or like like that you were able to tell a very personal story and when you do that that's the thing that resonates universally rather than trying to write something for everyone yeah well i think you know it's it's uh i think it those are kind of the best songs in my opinion is that something really although it might be really specific calls to an experience that a lot of people have been through um and i would say that a lot of people have certainly felt like a weirdo or an outsider even in the town that they're from right well before i let you go mariel i want to get you to pick a track off of the record i mean whether it's hate this town or, or something else that uh you you want folks to listen to uh and if you have a reason why you're picking that song or maybe an anecdote about it, i'd love to hear that sure uh why don't we do track two which is whatever helps you and i like that one uh to give folks an idea of what we were trying to do because it's I mean, the song itself is just like the most traditional kind of country song that you could write. Uh, but the production of it is super weird and spacey and synthy. Uh, and it was just a really, really fun time to make this one. All right. We'll give that one a listen. Uh, Saturday night at the Times Change High and Lonesome Club with Andrina Turin, Mariel Buckley. Thanks very much for taking some time and uh, safe travels on the road. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for making time for me. Come to the window. 
Let the night paint you blue You sparkle in starlight And it tears me in two And when you don't see me Call it my acquiesce Or whatever helps you Get to sleep, I guess I was just waiting Now I'm just a fool I must be crazy Can always find the summer. 
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, and right before the break from her new album, Sunday in Heaven, you heard Zella Day with I Don't Know How to End. Uh, Day splits her time between L.A. and Austin. Uh, Coming up after my next musical selection, an artist who splits her time between Welland, Ontario and Austin, Carson McCone. Uh, Mariel Buckley before that, though, with Whatever Helps You from her album, Everywhere I Used to Be, her pick. And she's at the Times Change tomorrow. Carson McCone at the Park Theater on Sunday. Uh, alongside our, our next musical choice, Juliana Riolino is part of Daniel Romano's outfit. Uh, McCone married to Romano, playing in his outfit as well, uh, opening for that show. I talked to her earlier this week. We'll get into that interview after something from Riolino's solo record, All Blue. This is Isn't It a Pity here on 101.5 UMFM.
Well, she released Still Life earlier this year. Winnipeg audiences will finally get a chance to hear it performed live when Carson McCone opens for Daniel Romano's outfit at the Park Theatre on Sunday, and she joins us from the road. How's it going, Carson? Hey there. It's incredibly windy. It's incredibly windy. You're You're on the road. I don't know how people say that here. It's... uh, yeah, it's 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 fall for sure. We've definitely felt it. Although we've had some nice weather the the weekend. I don't know what the forecast is, but we've it's been like ten to twelve degrees Celsius here, which is like kind of nice. But uh, yeah, I mean you're you're from beautiful. Texas, so I'm um, sure you're like yeah, exactly. And I mean, so I've got you know thin blood, but also uh, when we started the tour out, it was you know we were actually going through Texas and through Arizona, and it was real hot <laughs> yeah so, so yeah. i'm not sure that i necessarily packed uh packed for this chilly snap but it, it does it feels fresh it feels good and yeah we're seeing the seasons change while still out on the same tour so it's exciting and you, refreshing you need those like zip away pants where they can be shorts and then uh <laughs> yeah totally for for the for the phoenix state and then like zip the pants back yeah on for edmonton and winnipeg um Totally. So, I mean, the album came out in February, so there's been a, a decent amount of time for people to kind of, like, respond to it and sit with it. Has there been any, like, surprises to you as as the the creator of it, like, in terms of people's feedback on the record? Um, no, I, th- I mean, honestly, I think uh, for me, I mean, I think some people have, I think every artist goes to this, like, they, you know, whatever, they they make a piece of work or a collection of songs or whatever, release it out into the world. And if the next collection sounds really inevitably, people are going to respond like, "Whoa, this is a departure or something like that. Um, when really it's just such a natural and organic progression. Um, but I think for me, because I had the sort of this, strangely a grace period of like not touring and not being on the road and my life shifting and changing a lot and lots of time to reflect. Um, <clears throat> I sort of understood the, um, the organic sort of shift in, in sound or what I was going for 
more more thoroughly. And I think I've been able to, like, when people have asked me about it, articulate that a little bit better. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I think people are kind of more in that zone these days anyways. So honestly, I feel like the last record I put out, people were like, well, what is this? Mm. <laughs> and I, and um, whereas I feel like even, you know, this one maybe more fully realized and, and, and more different than the last people are actually, you know, I think pretty, thank you. Um, receptive to it all. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a time of change for a lot of people. So that may be why, but I don't know, or maybe I'm just, I haven't, uh, maybe I don't know what the press is saying. I don't know. <laughs> Am I not informed? <laughs> well, I'm curious because you, saying? <laughs> you mentioned, you know, kind of like having time to reflect on the sound. I'd, I'd read an interview you did with Aquarium Drunkard where you mentioned that, you know, the timing was beautiful because you were, your ears were opening up as a listener. Yeah. And so you, you wanted to apply stuff that you were picking up on for the first time. Was there a certain record or a specific song that you heard that pointed the way forward no, for what you wanted on this? I mean, or? There was there was definitely like, I mean, I was listening, you know, to a plethora of things, but it, like, I think there were a few songs that were, like, specific reference songs for, like, there were a couple of these songs from the record that uh, I had had in my back pocket for a while and hadn't quite figured out how I wanted them to sound. Um, I had done a recording here or there while I was on the road, and I was, yeah, it's not, never quite right. Um, and I didn't ever, you know have the time to sit with them uh and and then i most of the tunes as well are are were written within the same year that they were recorded so they were newer songs but for some of those older ones i had like had time to sit with them and and sort of find over the years reference tracks that i wanted to like okay this is how i want you know the chorus to come in or I want some strings to pick up this part and just carry this next verse and for everything else to drop out and, and had time to experiment and play with that um, mm. so that I was able to do it justice finally, I thought, you know. And that's only for maybe two of the songs, but but it was definitely, you know, it felt good right. to do that. Now, I'd read also that you, you demoed some of the songs or a significant chunk of them kind of before shutdown. Yeah. But then kind of like decided to rebuild the songs from the ground up with Daniel, like just kind of the two of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had never really done uh, demos like that before, but I had just, I had been on the road a bunch and I was playing with this group of guys and I was, we were sharing music with each other all the time and, and so we went in and uh, recorded most of these songs, but like in a pretty bare bones situation, it was at my manager's house in his back room. So there was like, you know, we didn't have a ton of things at our fingertips, but where we were like, oh, maybe we could have some sort of like, you know, Mellotron situation here with like horns or strings. We're just going to have sort of a keyboard pad for now. And so we would, we would fill that in. Um, but then I was able to, you know, show all that stuff and share all that stuff with Daniel. And they were, you know, things were built, but they weren't 
it was just a blueprint, sort of. And so instead of trying to pile things on top of that, um, and especially, like, Daniel coming in at that point, and also, like, everybody, I mean, I did that in Texas, pandemic hit, and then I went up to Canada. It was just like, I wasn't going to get the same group of people together anyways. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, at a certain point, it was just like, well, not at a certain point even. It was pretty quick. It was just like, yeah, let's just uh, make this record, but from the ground up and just the two of us. And it's, you know, sort of our canvas here. Was that... Which was great. Like, did that cause you to kind of, like, reflect on your songs and kind of, like, how they were built? Uh, like, yeah, or absolutely. kind of, like, the ornamentation of it? That, like, what what's possible absolutely. in because that anything, situation? Anything that I had either my heart set on or, you know, some sort of loose plan for um, being completely out of the context of those other players um, or, you know, my home space, like being in this new environment, working with somebody new and fresh and and different whom I never worked with before, um, that solidified everything. So the things that didn't matter as much, that didn't need to lend themselves to these tunes, fell away. And we're not thought of, you know, with a blink of an eye. And the things that I that were really important to me were that much more solidified because I had to then explain that to somebody who was new and fresh to all these songs. And I had to be like, no, this is what, here, here it is, you know. This is a piece that, I, that needs to be a part of that. So, yeah, it, I mean, I think it worked. It was great to do that sort of believe the songs around for a bit and then take them out of context and then see what sticks. So then is it a situation where like there's some decision making in terms of like this is the core of the song and what I want to like keep and then what I need to abandon out of necessity? Yeah. And out of necessity, I would say being like emotional necessity, not like like mechanical, like what, what do we, I mean, because we did make it in the living room, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it was like much more on an emotional level of like what needs to just be abandoned. Not as far as like, Oh, well we don't have a fiddle in the room. Although we did, I guess. Were there, were there <laughs> any songs that didn't make the record then? Like, like that you just, it was like emotionally, this is not nope. on the same frequency or no, no, they all, they all worked, worked together, uh, kind of exactly how I thought they might. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a special one that happened. Right. Now, when it comes to songwriting, like, do lyrics come first for you? Or do you have a melody and then, you know, f- find lines from your, you know, notes app? Or, like, how do you kind of construct a song? Oh, man, it's it's really at the whimsy of the moment. It's mm. like, I, I don't know. It happens different every time, really. I mean, I definitely am somebody who jots things down. Um more so than than not. So I I will reference stuff. And I'm also a pretty visual person, so like sometimes I'll do insane things like open a huge notebook or like go buy a huge piece of paper from whatever uh, craft store and then like put sticky notes everywhere like a crazy person. But um, I, I like I like looking at stuff that way. But really it's 
different every time. So, I mean, as a listener, sometimes I like hear like songs as a visual thing. Like I kind of almost like picture like the, the, the video that would go with it. Like does this for you, do you see a picture and then the song springs from that in, in when you're, you know, taking these pieces, large sometimes, pieces of paper? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think in that way as well. Um, I don't think it's ever quite that uh, concrete. Mm. But I, I mean, I, I think I'm definitely that way and, and more of, like, I don't feel like I'm a good storyteller. <laughs> oh. So it's more about sort of painting a picture or trying to express a feeling as opposed to like giving a straightforward narrative, you know. Why don't you think you're a good storyteller, if I may ask? I don't know, but it's funny. I was talking to somebody about this last night. I, I just don't think I... I mean, like, as a kid, I liked to write little stories, but I just never uh, developed that... That uh, I don't know. Like, you should hear me try to tell a joke. I just can't do it, you know? Or, like, recap a movie. I just go around in circles, really. But um, that's why I think it's better for me to sort of synthesize whatever I felt and communicate it that way. And also, in a way, it leaves things open, more open to interpretation, makes them a little bit more universal. Like, it can be exactly how you felt, and so in that way, you're telling the true story. But to somebody else, it's open, and they can relate to it in a similar way. Uh, whereas if you put all, all of those story details in there, they might not. They might have been thrown off course, you know. So you skew towards like emotion and tone rather than plot, let's say? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Right. But, you know, we're our, sometimes our own worst critics, so I, maybe I don't do that. I don't know. <laughs> I think we all are for sure. You, you mentioned you're <laughs> thinking visually, like the album's called Still Life, right? Which is obviously a vi- visual medium. Yeah. Was that intentional? Like what were you trying to evoke with that, that album title? Uh, many different things. It's working on lots of levels. Uh, my last record is called Carousel. Um, so the contrast of that was definitely something that fell into place happily, sort of after the fact, in a way. It was a bit of, it was involved in me making the decision to stick with that title. But, um, I mean, it's, it's taken from one of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, that that sort of liminal space, uh, some sort of elevated moment um, amid some kind of, you know, whatever the chaos is that we experience all the time. Um, I feel like it sort of exists in that space, like literally and, you know, um, figuratively in a way. By like when it was written and when it was recorded and, and then also sort of, you know, the themes that it deals with. Uh, so kind of taking that concept, the artistic sort of definition of that, and then I feel like turning it on its head as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it It. It sounds like, because I guess it, it, since it's a track on the record that that's, 
kind of like emblematic of the rest of the record, like thematically, is is kind of yes. part of the decision. Thematically, making? not necessarily musically, but I think, but I think like, you know, lyrically, thematically, that is, uh, there's a very, they're all pretty intertwined. Right. So, as you mentioned, you know, Carousel suggests, you know, movement, but, you know, fixed in place, well, right? Sort of. It suggests it's, it, going around in circles. Going around in circles, right. And that's what I'm meaning is, like, you're not going anywhere, right. but you're moving around and around. Yeah. And this and, okay, is so, stopping. Yeah. And so also, like, with still life, because for me, I feel like this is, like, it sort of represented great movement for me, making this record. But mm. at the same time, it's like, you know how the word static can mean that, you know, it can represent the, like, the static on the television, like the or the, the static electricity and like it's all you know the stuff that's just like incessant kind of mm-hmm. but then also to be still you know and in the same way like that a still life traditionally in painting is such you know it is a still life there but it represents the, like the stuff that's on the table represents like i mean where's the food from and who are the people that are sitting there? And they all come from the same place. I'm like, you know, there's so much more represented than something that is static or still. Mm. You know, it's there's there's always more to the picture. And I think historically that's accurate in in painting, in paintings, and in that kind of painting. But um, yeah, so it, I like to play with those terms, and I feel like they can sort of all be applied here. I mean, putting emphasis on life in still life that like, yeah, it's, it's living that there's, it's, it's not just inert. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that song in particular plays with those words quite a bit. Um, and, and, uh, in a way the whole record does. Because in a way, it's all, like I said, I'm not very good at telling the story or maybe don't want to tell the whole truth. And so you can play with words and, um, you know, make things represent this thing in that context. Or if you wanted to look at it this way, it could be this other this other way. <laughs> and then it's always true, no matter what space you find yourself in, which is helpful when you're then performing the songs, you know. When- when you being say true to a performance, being able to sort of inhabit that the space of the song, you have to sort of, you know, shift into different times and spaces than you necessarily want to be, and you have to figure out how to reconcile that. <laughs> so it's a, a protective layer, then? Or maybe it's an expressive layer. I don't know oh. that it's necessarily like um, like a defense. Um, it could, I think in some context and some, with some songs it is, sure, mm-hmm. with any kind of art, I think, but also it's how you work things out too, you know, and then how you have to like sit with them too, the fact that, okay, well, I made this thing or I did this thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all part of the process, I guess. For sure. Before I let you go, Carson, I want to get you to pick a track yeah, off. Sorry, of... that got. Oh no, it's it, I. I don't mind a philosophical kind of sidebar, so that's. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the point of all of it, isn't it? Like, I think. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I read an interview that, well, I mean, kind of a conversation that you and Daniel and Juliana yeah, did, yeah. and it was talking about kind of rather than finding yourself, you're creating yourself mm-hmm. through art. And it, it did, you know, make me yeah. reflect on, you know, like everyone has kind of this interior story that they tell themselves that is themselves, right? That we all. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I love that conversation and I was very, very honored to be a part of it. It was really fun. And I'm glad that you were able to read it too. And yeah, I think that, um, that's what we're kind of constantly doing, whether it be outwardly with other artists or through our artwork or just with ourselves through the artistic process. So. Mm-hmm. Well, before I let you go, I want to get you to pick a song from Still Life that we can play for listeners. And if you have a reason why you're picking that song, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, well, let's do um, Fingernail Moon. Oh, just kind of in in the vein of of everything being connected and and um, process and and cycles, I guess uh, that's been a theme in this fam on this tour. And uh, yeah, fingernail moon. I don't know if we have one soon, coming up soon, but oh, I can see it right now out my window. There you it's go. It's just a sliver right it there. It was subconscious. That's really funny. It's right there. You see it. Anyways, yeah, so there you go. That's my reason right there. Perfect. <laughs> what are you guys listening to in the van right now, or like on the road? Um, Freakonomics uh, Radio or Radio Lab. Gotcha. Yeah. Right on. Well, Carson. And also, some, and sometimes just, just each other or silence because we've been traveling through the mountains recently and had zero reception, which is actually quite nice. Too. Mm. Forces you to just kind of soak soak in the world around totally well carson mccone playing at the park theater opening for daniel romano's outfit on sunday night uh carson thanks very much for taking some time and and safe travels on the road thanks so much for having me and uh yeah we'll see you there
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, and right before the break, we heard Fingernail Moon off of her fantastic album, Still Life. Carson McCone, who is opening for the Daniel Romanos outfit on Sunday at the Park Theatre, and uh, strongly encourage you to go in time to see Carson play. Great, great record. Uh, Going to play some, some pop and rock here as we close things out and then hand things over to After 8 Radio. Uh, from their new album, Stump Work, this is Dry Cleaning with Conservative Hell. We'll send this one out to England, currently living in Conservative Hell, and uh, admittedly, a lot of places are uh, right now. We also got some Tegan and Sarah, Frankie Cosmos, and Sports Team, among others, coming up. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. <laughs> Everything she cleans gutters, cleaning up a sink pipe. A buster and a lover, she loves things, she loves stuff, some true laws. The story I am making up. Am I part of the meal deal? A recommended girl, conservative. Mushrooms, the season's been great for them. Underground crown to be nibbled by a young child, short and fat and solid. The main thing I do is moving bags from place to place. Conservative hell. 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 Breathe and remove your shoes. That lot just making different designs in air.
so terrible But it's me I love her from head to toe And in between I know we do a lot of back and forth I know we do a lot of fast and slow You know I'm gonna contradict myself I know you're gonna ride me like a pro I know you got a lot of faith in me I know you put a lot of things on hold I hope you got a policy I know you got a lot on hold thing. I had to tell you something, tell you something before I go I left a little something special in the envelope I had to mail you something, tell me when it's at the door And when you open it, I hope you get hysterical I had to share it with somebody that I really trust So when we celebrate I'ma hit you up. I had to go and find a running mate who didn't rush. I hope you know it was imperative. She wanna know where I've been and who I see. She wanna know where I'm going and can we She say I'm so terrible, but it's me. I love her from head to toe and in between. I know we do a lot of bad. I know we're doing lot of fast and slow You know I'm gonna contradict myself I know you're gonna ride me like a boat I know you got a lot of faith in me I know you put a lot of things on hold I hope you got a policy I know you got a lot of That you my mother, cinnamon apple Know that when it come to loving you, I'm unnatural Know how much it hurt me, that's in the past though When I'm all alone, better not be with that oh, I had to deal with your sides and your pieces I put two and two together in the sequence I promise that I'm trying not to be on defense But I'm reminded of it every time She you leave She wanna know Grip. Uh. Baby, and I like 